Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overdears Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay. I don't know why I'm smiling. Um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 21st, 2018. Um, today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 98, starting with the third paragraph. It starts now, the domestic problem. We're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with, lest we pay the penalty by a spree. All right. Today's readers, we have Laura A. on the 12 Steps and Jody E. Q. on the 12 Traditions. And the readers of the text, we got Russ M., we got Marie J. and Lauren N. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, August 20th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that's 11,810. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 11,811. Okay, the OA preamble, the pre, we call it the pre-ramble in my other program. Okay, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, we got one purpose here, and that's the OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions. I've seen it. I've seen them recover. Um, so let me now ask Laura A. Hey, Laura, would you read the 12 steps? Hi, this is Laura A. From New Hampshire with the 12 steps. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for His knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you so much, Laura. Okay, now here's a kind, gentle voice that's going to read the 12 traditions. Hey, Jody. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Larry. 
Good morning, everybody. This is Jody EQ. Uh, let's see, it's, um, yeah, it's bright and early here in California. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group should... Oops. Okay, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. Okay, here's how this meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read, and anyone at all can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And so what we're doing is we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you wanna share, just uh, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and uh, in order to have a, a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So please mute your phone again if you're not speaking. So today we're gonna to resume our, our study of the big book on page 98. Um, we're starting with the third paragraph. It, start, it starts now, the domestic problem, through two paragraphs ending with lest we pay the penalty by a spree. And then we're gonna comment on both. Oh yeah, Russ, so Russ M used to wrestle we used to wrestle with the food, right, brother? Not anymore. Let's get beat Good by morning. the food. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Good morning, everybody. Cross them, recover from post-mortem outside of film. Now the domestic problem. 
there may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. When, you pro- when your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he's living, he should proceed to put these principles into action at home. That is, if he's lucky enough to have a home. Though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persisted persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have a basis upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can be dis- then can be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. After they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time, and good time provide. However, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can stay be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we fall much below the standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately, lest we pay the penalty by a spray. So um, when, when I read this, I think of imperfect service and uh, implementation, implementation of this plan. Um, you know, I know we're talking about working with others, but I can only really apply this to my own life, you know. Com- com- coming in the program, starting to um, be relieved of this, this disease, you know, like any good addict, I'm looking at my phone and say, hey, look at me. You know, look how good I'm doing, you know. And really, they didn't want to hear that crap. They didn't want to hear that garbage. And I've done a lot of damage to my family, like many, you know, and I just got to keep my mouth shut, live this program, and they'll see it. They'll they'll come around, you know. And if they don't, that's not it really. It's not my problem. I can only really truly do do what God wants. But if we're living this program and um, working it and serving others and and you know chopping our ego down, it'll come around. Got an example, right? So, you know, my mother-in-law and I, we have our issues. But this weekend, we were a team playing Romy, high-fiving each other. I've never thought that in a th- uh, hundred years, you know, my whole life. So there are, it's a little miracle, but it, it's a miracle nonetheless that I could we, could we could be civil and have conversation. And it's because I'm working this program, and it's because I'm working on me. You know, I'm not pointing the finger. So. You know, basically, that's all I got here. Uh, just service, service, and just trying to do the best you can with what we got here. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great day. Love you. Thanks, Russ. Appreciate that. So, if you're if you're just joining us, um, Russ read from page ninety-eight, starting with the third paragraph through through two paragraphs, commenting on both. Who would like to share on what was read? Katie G from Boston. Katie. Reva P. Reva. Lauren A. Lauren A. Patty K. 
Kathy. Marie J. Marie J. Right, we can we can start with that group. Leah S. And then let's 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 close with Leah S for the first round here. So we have we got quite a group here. We got Katie, Reva, Lauren, Kathy K, Marie J, and Leah S. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, my fellows. Katie D, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic, and. when we read this last year, I'll never forget being like, I have to read this every day. So since that time, thank you, God, I've been reading it every day. And, um, you know, what are we talking about? Argument and fault finding should be avoided like the plague. Think about a plague. It is a disastrous evil, an affliction. You know, I'm in healthcare. When there's a plague, all hands are on deck. Cover your body. Prepare yourself do not go near this plague. You're going to get sick. You're going to die if you're not careful, right? Argument and fault finding. So what does that mean for me, demonstration of these principles and all my affairs? That means yesterday I'm, I'm doing a step 10 and I'm saying to a, a recovered friend, yeah, I'm putting the checklist away. You know the checklist, the saying, you know, I'm doing the dishwasher again. I'm undoing the dishwasher again. And what is he doing? And what is he? No, I I don't get to do that anymore. I need to avoid that. Like the plague, because frankly, if I'm honest with myself, he's doing a thousand times more, you know, and and put the scorecard away, right? Because where's the main problem of your disease, KDG? Oh, it's in your mind. Oh, okay. Um, And then also it must be done. Um, And that again, as we read yesterday, we need to be sober, considerate, and helpful no matter what anybody else is doing. That means I can't eat at you. That means I can't call people anymore and say, my husband's doing this and so I'm going to eat. It means there's no, there's no situation that can make me eat regardless of what anyone says or does. And here's the best prom- promise. We must repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. My first big book step study teacher taught me eating will be a step up from how you feel about yourself. If you continue to behave in this way, if you continue to behave in this way, you're going to go into morbid reflection, you're not going to change, and you're going to want to eat. So um, I just love that this gives me um, an, an exact, precise prescription on how to recover each and every day. And I'm not perfect at all. Um, I, I suit up, show up, I mess up every day, but God is changing me and God is helping me realize, you know, how I can be of service in my home, how I can take, you know, like I said, the checklist away and also to start being on the same team, right? To stop making it all about the KDG show, put away my needs entirely and be of help with others. So um, I'm just privileged and, and blessed to have these instructions on how to live my life and how to pass it on to others. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Katie. Okay, we have Reva followed by Lauren. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Wow, these paragraphs remind me that my disease does affect the people who I live with, the people who I'm uh, closest to, um, that this is not, I think I'm hiding it and it's a big secret and nobody knows and it's only affecting me, but it affects everybody around me. And conversely, recovery is also a ripple effect. And what I heard in these paragraphs several times is the word demonstrate. 
that it's not just about talking, it's about demonstrating these principles in my affairs, in my relationships. Um, and here again, 10, 11, and 12, 10, 11, and 12, once I've gotten through the first nine steps. Um, and I love where it says um, that I'm supposed to be the one to change. And just like we read in the paragraph above, it's reinforcing that it doesn't matter what anybody else does. That's not an excuse to either binge or pick up my um, defective behavior because it says I'm supposed to be the one to demonstrate. I'm supposed to be the one to keep changing and growing and working my buns off um, on these uh, steps and spiritual principles and not expecting other people to change even when they're wrong, even when I am right. What's more important, um, harmony in the household or me showing everybody how wrong they are and expecting that they're going to change because they need to change so that I can be at peace. The whole thing is based on lies. Um, and this business of being sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does, you know, I so badly wanted um, everybody else to change so I could be at peace. And this is about me being changed and being helpful in an unselfish way, not so that they will change eventually or I'm going to show them and then they'll come around, but giving without expecting anything. And then the paradox is, yes, the people around me start changing too. Um, and with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Reva. Okay, we have Lauren A. followed by Kathy. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Um, I'm I'm really glad to be on the line today. It's again, it's because something physically is going wrong with me, so I'm not at work. Yesterday, I had a a, a relatively um, serious symptom happen to me. I won't go into detail, but so naturally, I had to spend um, some time worrying about it. And my husband asked me how I was doing this morning, and I said, "It is well with my soul. So no matter what's going on, my soul's fine." Um, and this this reading is really helping me out. I, I read a, a, a devotional this morning, and it was about how um, uh, Joseph's brothers treated him, and then it it, came, it ended up being for good, you know. So um, <clears throat> it's not up to me to to run the universe, doggone it. I thought I was doing such a great job. Um, but this is this is a really good one for me today because I was writing out my tenth step, and what I wrote about was. I resented being unforgiving. You know, I'm I'm sick of being stuck in, in resentment, so I resent the fact that I'm unforgiving. And when I got to the fear part, it was fear that I would eat over my resentments because I'm pretty sure that's what's kept me in the food for all these years. And now I've been out of it for seven months. Praise God. So this last sentence, we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. And I certainly believe that will happen to me. So um, thanks, everybody, for all you, all you do to keep this meeting going. I listen to you guys every morning on the way to work and on the way back from work, and I don't usually get a chance to share, and I'm glad to be able to today. So thanks, Larry. I pass. Oh, thank, thanks, Lauren. Now batting for the Red Sox, Kathy. <laughs> hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> thank you, Larry, for your service. This is Kathy Kay from Boston, and I am a Red Sox fan. Um, these two paragraphs are really helpful to me. Um, 
in two ways. One is I realize that spiritual demonstration in my home is something that happens in God's time, not in my time. I can remember the first time I made amends to my husband, which was not long after I finished my fourth, my first fourth step. Um, I wanted to tell him all the ways that I was committed to changing, and I wanted to apologize for all the ways in which I had brought chaos and uh, judgment into our relationship. And I learned over time that those kind of verbal amends, um, you know, they're useful, but they're not enough. Um, And that while I was successful at not getting into argument and fault-finding, I also was quite aware as I continued working the steps that there were some things that would take time in order for me to to heal enough and partner sufficiently with God to learn new behaviors um, to bring into my family relationships. And I'm very grateful that today um, the amends I make uh, are continuing daily, really, in uh, changing with God's help. The other thing it helps me with is working with sponsees who, when they finish their fourth steps, often um, are still uh, focusing on how their partner needs to change. Um, They're willing to change themselves, but they haven't quite experienced yet the magic and the amazing miracles that occur when we keep the focus on our own recovery and witness change in our family as a result. So what I find myself doing with sponsees who are working through the steps is often sharing my own experience with this as we get into six, seven, eight, nine and so on, Um, and how important it is to continue to focus on myself and what I need to do in in order to not only heal myself, but to heal others as well. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kathy. Okay, we have Marie J. followed by Leah S. Hey, Marie, good morning. Hey, Larry. Thanks. This is Marie J. You're covered in... Colorado, putting these principles into action at home, you know, this must be done to, if any results are to be expected, even though my family might be at fault in many respects, you know, who's at fault is irrelevant to my recovery. And so if I expect to recover, this says I have to take action. And the action is working the steps in my life at home. And that's really proven to be a pretty big challenge because, you know, getting abstinent and staying abstinent, I thought that was the hardest thing in my life. But actually putting this work into action at home is, is much harder because it means that I need to constantly be checking my motives and my character defects. And I am so attached to my character defects. 
I want to control, I'm self-righteous, I'm invulnerable, and none of that works at home. So my action in working the principles at home is to constantly be taking stock of my behaviors and doing my inventories, knowing my part, always asking God for humility and honesty and compassion and understanding with my family and being able to surrender my need to control. And that is a mouthful, man. You know, maybe they're going to come around, but that is irrelevant to my recovery. But at the same time, recovery is really attractive. And my husband did come around and he regularly steps up and he owns his own stuff and he makes amends and he's not even one of us. But that's how it works if I am sincere in doing this without an attachment or a motive for his recovery or his change. If I'm only focused on my recovery and how I can take my inventories. And then it says we fall much below this standard many times. And I have to accept that with humility also. Because I'm human and I continue to do this imperfectly. And I have many, many opportunities in my day to ask higher power for help in making changes that I need to make and doing my inventories. And that's why we have steps 10, 11, and 12, so that I can take the daily inventories, so I can stay close and surrendered to this higher power that's not me, and so that I can continue to carry the message every day over and over. But if I don't accept and surrender the fact that I'm human and I'm frail, then I'm going to go into self-loading and self-pity. And that's not useful to anybody. So putting these principles into action at home has been a real journey into vulnerability and humility, and those are hard for me. But of course, being able to achieve vulnerability and humility is very powerful and rewarding with each step that I take one day at a time. And I can only do it with God's help. Thanks. I pass. Thanks so much, Marie. Okay, we'll open it up to more shares after we hear from Leah S. Hey, Leah, good morning. Thank you very much, Larry. Okay, so um, I'm so grateful to be able to share today. And um, uh, we are on step 12. And how can I do it? They're talking about my home zone. They're talking about my war zone, so to speak. And um, it was difficult enough for me to, to to learn all these steps about this program. And now they're coming right into my kitchen table, so to speak, when it, it's really a war zone sometimes. And um, I had to focus on myself. And by focusing on myself and doing those kinds of amends, by not speaking and announcing grandly, you know, Today we're not going to have this carbohydrate and this week we're not going to do this because Leia's on the diet or, or, you know, all these things that I used to do. I do exactly what I used to do. However, um, I did know how to reciprocate with the other people and I learned to be quiet. And I learned that in the 12 steps, there is the humility and there is God. And then the last sentence of, of what we had just read, we must try to repair the damage lest we pay the penalty. What's the penalty? The penalty is Leah admitting that I'm a compulsive operator, that if there was war zone at home, then I would be going right back. 
back into the food, and it would lead me right back into the air. So there was no other way. It was just um, trust and faith that I'm going to continue working these steps with all my life and trust in God that I'm going to come through. And whatever anyone else is going to do today, that God Lay, I don't know if that's. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm I'm hearing you kind of muffled. We're losing you here a little bit, so I I apologize if that's my very phone. garbled. Yeah. Very okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm very sorry. I will pass. Thank you. We we got most of it, and it was good. Thank you, Leia. Okay, we're gonna um we're gonna open it up to more sharing. Only only to um to those who have a desire to stop eating compulsively. So we're at page 98, the third paragraph through two paragraphs. Who would like to share? Leon B. Nessa R. Leon, Nessa. Morizzi. Pete B. Maura. Pete. Kelly F. Kelly. Janfa. Was that Jan? Jan F. Okay, Jan. All right, let's go with that. So I, I got Leon, Nessa, Maura, Pete, Kelly, and Jan. Hey, Leon, what's up? How are you? Doing well. Thank you, Leon B. in Centerville, South Carolina. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And this reading, um, man, it just, it just punched me in the gut um, because I was just sharing with my face-to-face group and even my sponsor you know, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home if he's lucky to have a home. Though his family be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. And just before my face-to-face, I was sitting to have dinner, prepared an after dinner. My wife deconstructed it and put my mother-in-law's dinner along with my abstinent dinner. When I sat down at the table, there were all these foods that I didn't even prepare, so I had no clue what was what was in them, and and I didn't, like, back in the day, I would have really went off and became, I mean, just furious. I probably would have been steaming, and um, my son looked up at me, my daughter looked up at me, my mother-in-law looked up at me, my wife looked up at me, my aunt looked up, my, looked up at me, and they were like, what's wrong? I just froze, because I didn't know what to do. They were all waiting for me to eat, and I said, well, what do I do? And I said, oh, my tummy's not feeling well. Daddy's had has a meeting to go to, and I just like ran. I mean, and ran in my car, drove to my meeting, had a wonderful meeting, had a wonderful post meeting, wonderful time with a sponsee, great conversation with my sponsor, and then I had sat down with my wife and explained to her, you know, what I'm trying to do. Explain to her that I'm trying to put these principles into place. I know you have seen me lose weight over the past 19 years that we've been together, you've seen me yo-yo up and down, and now you're physically seeing the change, and you're thinking I can go back to eating anything. She tried to slide me a York peppermint patty the other day at, at our kids' orientation, and and so I just had the sweetest conversation with her. I mean, just sat down and just explained to her, this is what I am, nothing else. I ran through every diet I went um, that I had been on before. I said, nothing has gotten me down to a a weight that I am without me frantically killing myself or starving myself. 
I said, this program, it, it works for me. This is what I'm doing. I'm responsible for what goes into my mouth. Please don't be offended by me not eating dinner. And we just had the sweetest conversation. And she's getting it. She may not get it completely, but she's getting it. And I'm trying my best to live this program day by day. I'm so glad that somebody previously shared that it's not going to always happen overnight at home. But I am making progress, and I pass it down. Thanks, Leon. Oh, Canada. Hey, Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Vanessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, practicing this principle in all our affairs. I mean, this t- tells me that not only I have to live the principles and be the principles inside the rooms, but also outside of the rooms. You know, and then uh, in Bill's story on pages, page 14, it says, For if an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And so I have to have self-sacrifice for others. You know, in the rooms, it means that I need to um, have as many sponsees as I can can handle. Um, I need to uh, reach out to others, return phone calls, you know, be happy to receive phone calls, attend the so-called week meetings because, you know, that's where I can truly carry the message. I mean, a meeting like this with 360 people on the line, and I don't know what proportion of, of those are recovered, doesn't need me. I mean, if I, if I fall off the face of the earth, you know, people are still going to go on. The meeting is still going to be strong. I need to go to the, to the so-called week meetings to carry the message. But, you know, outside of the rooms, I think it's, it's also uh, very important, perhaps even more important, because, you know, some people are very generous with uh, fellow compulsive overeaters and very stingy with, um, with uh, family, friends, and, and coworkers. And, you know, we have to um, apply the principles of self-sacrifice in those areas as well, in all the areas. You know, this is, this is what the recovery is, you know. I need to go from a self-centered life to a God-centered life. And what God wants from me, what, what, what God demands and expects from me is that I serve him and help others. He doesn't say, you know, serve me and help me. It's serve God and help others. Yeah, and this is, this is very important. This is the true measure of recovery. To what extent am I doing that inside the rooms, but also outside of the rooms, in my own house, in my own community, uh, in my own workplace? Um, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nessa. Okay, we got Mora followed by Pete. Mora, 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 Mora. Hey, Mora. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good Thanks morning. for your service. Thanks for the smile you bring. More Z recovered in Virginia and grateful. And Larry, I forgot to set a timer. Would you please? Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. So, um, as you might have heard me earlier in the last few weeks, I spent six days with my family, um, i.e., my two sisters specifically. And there has been a great deal of angst um, surrounding my relationship with my sisters um, because of how I've been treated. <clears throat> and in past, the last time we were together was five years ago. 
And within eight hours of my arrival to that trip, <clears throat> I was cut through, <laughs> cut through, and spent the next five days just absolutely miserable. I was in program, but absolutely miserable and pity party and doing, you know, like five or six or seven tenth steps a day and, and still not feeling any sense of relief. Um, this time, I'm in a different place. This time, I'm recovered. And this time, I did a lot of work beforehand um, in preparation for and have been working my steps. And while I was still cut through um, within 20 seconds of my arrival this time, I did not puddle. I did not disintegrate. I did not do the silent Sam treatment. I did not have my, you know, self-pity potty party. And I was able to accept finally that this is how my sister behaves. This is how she's wired. This is a sick man. How may I be helpful to him? And that is nothing short of a gift, of a miracle, of this program, of working these steps. Do I fall behind? I absolutely do. Do I try to repair the damage? I absolutely have. I've done my amends with my family. Whether they were received or not is not my responsibility. I know my side of the street is clean. And I know that when I'm in difficulty, something I've done or said or what have you has, has contributed to it. And so by the 10th step, I do take care of my side of the street. But this, this past visit was just nothing but miracle after miracle where, you know, I was just able to be present and I had a, um, a mindset of being of service. That's why I went, to be of service. And it did not matter, you know, the comments, the facial expressions I got, whatever it was, I was there to be of service. And that's what I did. And that was huge in maintaining my peace of mind to know that this is not about Mora. This is not about me. This is about there's a party going to be held and I'm going to be of service. <clears throat> so if it meant cleaning both of my cousins' bathrooms because they were not ready for a party, I did so. And I did so happily. And I didn't pick up on the food, and I didn't pick up on anything else, and I was happy to be there. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Maura. Okay, we got Pittsburgh Pete, followed by Kelly S. Hey, Pete. Good morning. Thank you, Larry. Uh, <clears throat> the compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, Thanks for taking the meeting, Larry. I, I find it incredibly inspired by by all the shares that have that have uh, preceded me, and hopefully, people will be inspired by this one. But in any case, you know, uh, in AA they used to say, uh, if you want to know how the alcoholics do, and ask his wife, right? Like that's that you know we we can all talk a good game, and we can all we can all you know, do a great deal inside the rooms of recovery, but what we do outside of the rooms in recovery, more importantly in our homes, our occupations, and our affairs, is really, you know, a more important demonstration of these principles. 
And, you know, for me, when I worked, when, when I did my fourth step, when my fourth step concluded, I had to, I had to, I had to establish a relationship ideal that I asked God to mold. And I created this ideal. And that ideal is not conditional. Like my behavior in my family can't be conditional on how my family behaves. You know, my job is, my job is to, is to, to be aligned with that ideal and to carry that into all of my relations, most importantly in my home. And, you know, we talk about this disease often. I talk about it often as being deadly, fatal, progressive. You know, what else? The big book doesn't say this, but this disease is also contagious. Right? Like, you know, people in the family afterwards and to the wives, it talks about people around the, around the sufferer develop the characteristics of the sufferer, you know, the lying, you know, the, the, the uh, lie, lying when the truth would probably serve them better, the hiding, the resentment, the fears, like they, they catch this disease. Now, I'm not talking about the physical aspect of the disease. I'm talking about the characteristics of this disease. So there's a long road ahead. There's a long road ahead. But as long as I can be a demonstration of these principles, then my recovery can become contagious as well, right? Because people don't, people, you know, four minutes after I'm finished talking, people are going to forget what I said. And what, what sticks is, your, your, is our action, our behavior, our example. You know, so there's hope, right? There's hope that, you know what, like as long as I keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and it may take a long time, these characteristics could potentially um, be, be uh, like, like I said, my recovery. They can catch my recovery, right? Like I caught alcoholism. So that's yeah, good news. You know, like I, I, lo- I, I love what, what was talked about earlier, my the demonstration. Way, 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 way more important than my words, right? I've, I've been spouting off words and, you know, I'm on this diet, that diet, you know, can't, yeah, you, you have to treat me this way. No, that's not that's not what this is saying. That I have to be I have to be aligned to my ideal, and then hopefully everything will fall into place. And when I fall short, make amends quickly, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Okay, we have Kelly S. Followed by Jan. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Hey, Ke- uh, hey, Larry. Kelly S. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm glad to be here. And um, Pete shared on something that was really a big deal for me when I um, started this recovery journey three and a half years ago after 30 something years that you guys know about. Um, And, you know, he talks about that part about um, this is a, we must have a demonstration of these principles in our homes. And that's all the way back. And there is a solution. You know, the only chapter we have that um, the title is a promise and it tells us how to do that. And it says, you know, elimination of our drinking is but a beginning the more important demonstration of our principle lies before us in our respective homes, you know, and I never got that, you know, because I always was just trying to be abstinent just trying to lose weight. You know, I didn't get, you know, that I was trying to be a different person. I know you're like, yeah, remember it said that entire psychic change rocketed to the fourth dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But I didn't get that, you know? And so now I'm doing this thing, you know, three and a half years and you know why we study this book? Because every time we read it, we're in a different place. And so we're reading this part working with others. And I have had so many struggles lately in my relationship. And I have been, heard so much stuff on the line. And I so needed to read these paragraphs because you know what? 
It doesn't matter if my spouse works this program. It doesn't matter. Because you know what? It, I, I find it easier to work this program, obviously, in these rooms. And I find it easier, a little bit easier at work. But coming in the home, at the front door syndrome, you know, I come in here and, you know, it's like I want people, I want my family to go, wow, look how great she is. And I love Rick's thing to ask the alcoholic's wife, you know, how are they doing? I thought, ouch, don't ask mine <laughs> right now, okay? So, you know, I'm just working this. I was grateful it says we all fall much below this standard, you know, but we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty of a spree because this is the stuff. It's life. You know, that was my problem. You know, we have a living, I have a living problem. You know, I just chose to eat over it or I ate over it, and today I'm learning how to apply these principles. And, you know, um, you know, when I, you know, we, we read those bedevilments, and, you know, part of the bedevilments, am I having trouble with personal relationships, couldn't control my emotional natures, while abstinent, you know, I have to look at that. And so I heard a speaker the other day, and I love this, he said, you know, this methodology we do, this methodology in these steps, it's not for weight loss, and it's not for, you know, um, abstinence. And it's not just so that I look like I'm a better person so that I can be nicer. It's not, it's not for my ego. This methodology is to God. You know, it's so that I can get to God to live by spiritual principles. And what are those? Forgiveness, love, and tolerance. It's not, you know, keeping score. It's not argument and fault finding. It's, it's being of service to God. That's what this methodology is about. And I didn't understand that. I thought the methodology, the steps, all of it was about weight loss. Then it was about ego, trying to look like I'm a better person. It's really about getting to my higher power, and that's what I'm trying to do today. And just one day at a time, and I'll wrap up with this, it is a struggle sometimes, you know. Life is a struggle, but it's a lot, lot less struggle than being back in my disease. And I am so grateful that we're reading these paragraphs because God is speaking to me through this literature today and you guys. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, Jen, it's your turn. Oh, Jan, we can't hear you. Press star one. Good morning. This is Jan in Florida. I am truly grateful for this group this morning and what I'm hearing. Uh, I am uh, I'm at step one, and I am trying to let go and turn my will and life over to the care of God and trust that God. Um, I have a disease that's telling me I don't have a disease. I keep hearing that. And um, I, I need a sponsor that will be able to help guide me and and, and uh, help me be able to, to let go and surrender. And... Uh, because this uh, is killing me. Uh, um, money, property, and prestige. Uh, it was diverting me from my primary purpose. And uh got really cocky and uh, had case of shot eyes and uh, put this program to the side and, and decided I don't need it. And had I paid the price, and others have paid the price because it's it's a it's a we disease because I affect anyone around me, and uh, I've got a mess to clear up, and, uh, and also uh, you know I've wasted a lot of money, and um, 
and uh, I'm also anorexic and bulimic. So I wasted a lot of money that way too, you know, purging. And uh, uh, I, I really uh, hope I can ha- get a sponsor this morning that can help me through this and 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 be recover, be able to say I'm recovered once again one day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Jan. <clears throat> okay, again, page 98, third paragraph through two paragraphs. I think we got time for maybe two to three shares. Who would like those spots? Jody, it's you. Jody. Anybody yeah. else? This is Beth B. Beth. Beth B. Let's okay. go with Jody and Beth B. Hey, Jody. Good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. So I'm still recovering here in California. And um, so I, too, have been in the program a long time and was married and did and failed to enlarge my spiritual life and failed to heed these uh, these suggestions, you know. Um, <laughs> I, too, was focused on trying to get abstinent and trying to stay abstinent and um, I just didn't get it somehow, you know, that I needed to really focus on myself and my demonstration of these principles. And I I continued to be selfish and self-seeking and dishonest. And it had its uh, repercussions. I am now divorced. And um, thank God our relationship now is good and we had an amicable divorce. And, And thanks to the program, we had an amicable divorce and we are friendly today. Just spoke to him yesterday. Um, so thank God for that. And, um, and now I live with uh, two housemates and I get to practice these principles here in my home today. And it's not easy. And someone previously said, uh, I can't do it, but for the grace of God, I have to rely on my higher power to give me the grace to be considerate of others, to think of others before myself, to humbly say many times each day, thy will be done, to do my 10 steps, to pray for knowledge of God's will, to do the next right thing. I can't do that on my own. I need the higher power I need to say that 11th step prayer, the prayer of St. Francis. Grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. So, you know, this is a tall order, this program, and it's, uh, it's really a, a spiritual program and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful spiritual program. And I'm just grateful to be um, one among many here. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jody. 
Hey, Beth, it's your turn. Good morning. Hi, Larry. This is Beth B. from Charlottesville, Virginia, and I would appreciate you timing me. Am I being heard okay? You are. You're coming through great. Okay. So um, the thing that's uh, it's jumping out at me in this reading and uh, what I've been trying to pass along to others uh, out of these two paragraphs is the fact that this takes time. Um, and when I was really, really, really deep in my disease, um, I, I, I wanted to kind of bypass the idea that, um, that my family was going to latch on to my every last word that I was going to really get better this time. By God, this time I'm changing, you know, and, um, and I, I expected them. I mean, my expectations were that, that they would believe me when uh, I have 43-plus years of not having credibility where this disease is concerned. And um, so, you know, this, this paragraph reminds me that, that this, this stuff takes time. Uh, you know, I've been in recovery, um, you know, I've been in OA for almost three years now um, and uh, abstinence by the grace of God for about seven months. Um, you know, you know, it's, it's practice. It's practice, practice, practice. And one of the things that I've been sharing with some of my sponsees that I'd like to share on here before I pass is that um, sometimes practicing at home is like the hardest place. And uh, like, you know, when I was really sick, I wanted to get the most bang for my buck and go directly for the hardest thing. And um, so that's what I love about the program is that we, we have understanding among each other. Uh, we, we can talk to each other and we can practice this by reaching out to each other, uh, you know, practice compassionate listening by listening to somebody who's, who might be really sick and suffering, you know, that kind of thing. So um, anyway, I'm grateful to be here today and I thank, thank you for letting me share and I'll pass with that. Thanks. Thanks so much, Beth. Who wants a couple of minutes? Anybody? Bueller? Patty Anyone? M. Patty, why don't you close us out, Patty? Good morning. All right. I'm so grateful um, to listen to everyone today and to realize that this is a process and sometimes things happen quickly and sometimes slowly. And I am now four months abstinent by the grace of God. And what I'm seeing is that doing my 10 steps, like when I have something bothering me and to actually write it down, is freeing me and letting me really see what my character defects are. So that I can be a part of changing, so that I can work with God to see that these character defects have been with me my whole life, but I didn't have a clue about them because I was totally self-obsessed in the food and, and not at all clear thinking. So I'm very grateful today. I thank everybody for their service and for their comments. It was very beneficial for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Patty. All right, perfect timing here. And uh, thank you to everyone uh, who was on the line this morning, everyone who shared, all the people that served this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Um, we're going to share with the closing with the reading from the big book on page 164. But before we do, let me give you the share ID for today, <clears throat> Tuesday, August 21st. And that would be 11813. That's 11,813.
So now, hey, let's go to Colorado. Let's see if we can find Marie to read page 164 for us. Marie, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, coming through great. Good. Thanks. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. Page 164, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 